This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Over the holidays, we started to see headlines out of, yes, the Middle East. Starting to look a lot more ominous than we've seen before. A lot of upheaval, a lot of volatility, begging the question, you know, are we looking at another Middle East war? And when you look at what we're talking about, we're talking about a country, you know, crippled by sanctions, an economy in tatters, and anti-government protests that have seen over 1,500 people killed in Iran's streets. So Iran's back is, yeah, up against the wall. And their troubles are now spilling all over the place into Yemen, into Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. And I guess they've decided now's the time to poke the bear. So they carried out these very well-organized riots over uh, New Year's Eve in uh, an American embassy in Baghdad. And they say it wasn't to kill anyone, but more, you know, to embarrass President Trump to prove that his Iranian policy is not working. You know, to warn Americans ahead of the next election the cost of war and what that could look like. And I guess the question is, how will that bear respond? Oh, we'll respond all right. It's just... What will that be? John Robson is a National Post columnist. You can read him there and executive director over at the Climate Nexus. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you and the listeners. Does the New Year bring yet another war that will uh, lead us in which no, who, who knows what direction? But are we looking at another war? I don't know if we are looking at another war this year. I think we're looking at another war in the Middle East because the Iranian regime is not one that has limited goals and can go to its people and say, well, you know, we got half a loaf and things are pretty good, so let's all settle down and live our lives. They have this apocalyptic, we're going to bring the Mahdi out of the well where he's been hiding, the 12th imam, you know. Ahmadinejad used to drop notes down for the guy. Um, they sworn to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They're working on missiles. They're working on nuclear weapons. People like that are not doing all this so that they can give it all up in return for uh, access to the soybean market. <laughs> and obviously, Israel's political system, which some of us think is a bit of a warning against uh, proportional representation, although that's not the only reason they get these kind of results, is paralyzed at the moment by the problem that they can't get rid of Netanyahu and they can't keep him either. And so the Iranians are probably thinking, yeah, we got this, you know, we're winning here. I mean, the thing with the protest where they said, well, it wasn't to kill anybody, you know, yeah, that's after you don't kill anybody. Right. If they killed a bunch of people, they wouldn't have gone, oops, sorry, we never meant to do that. So, we'll, you know, we'll pay for the funeral. Um, but obviously they kind of got stared down. And this is one of the, the problems that everybody has. The United States is withdrawing somewhat from its role in the world, and it could be argued that the Ameri- United States is in decline. You know, if you look at the fall of Rome, it didn't go over in one day uh, from Augustus to uh, Romulus Augustulus. But even in those in that state, the United States is capable of hurting anybody anywhere in the world pretty badly unless they have a lot of nuclear weapons. Um, and so... You know, their their reach extends into Iran in a way that the Iranian reach does not extend into North America, and thank goodness it doesn't. So I think the Iranians are liable at some point to miscalculate quite badly, uh, and I, I fear that they may do so sooner rather than later, because, again, what's the alternative? They've been in this confrontation in Yemen with the Saudis. They've been saying death to Israel for years. They're now down with the great Satan. Well, that's been going on since 1979, right? And there's the great Satan still there going, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, and and as you said, the, the regime is itself in a somewhat precarious position. If they want to do all this stuff, they might not want to try and wait another decade because they may not have another decade, especially if they don't deliver on the kind of things that they think the populace either wants from them or at least ought to want from them. Right. And they've had all these protests. They've got, you know, an uprising of, of the people. And of course, the world has been blocked from seeing the true story. But the world does know the real story. And that is that people are rising against this oppressive regime and the Ayatollahs are now freaking out because they don't want this to go any further. They're worried about their power. And I guess the opposition, you know, the Democrats are coming out saying, oh, look, well, now Donald Trump's got his Benghazi moment. Well, no, it wasn't a Benghazi moment because no one got killed here. And immediately Donald Trump said, Here's another, what, 4,000 tr- uh, troops being put on standby because he will react if he, ha- he doesn't want to, but he will react. Yeah, I mean, and this is one of these things where people are wondering, well, how can Donald Trump be president? And he, the answer in large measure is look at the people who are running against him. The idea that this is a Benghazi moment where the ambassador got killed and the military was paralyzed and Hillary Clinton was just, that's all about, oh, it was this movie or something like that. Um, this is it's, the analogy. It's not that it's not that strong. It's that this, there really is no analogy except there was a ruckus in the Middle East. Other than that, none of that applies. Uh, but an interesting thing to, to about the Iranian regime, and this is something that people um, it doesn't get as much attention as I think it should. It's a demographic thing. At the time that the Shah was overthrown, Iran was one of those places with very high fertility rates. Iranian women were having something like six to seven children in their lifetime. And, of course, the Iranians were like, yeah, we're ready to cradle, right? All you decadent Westerners are going to die off because of your unnatural practices, and ha, 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 we'll take over. But the Iranian um, birth rate is now below the replacement rate. And one of the reasons why is that, you know, life under the mullahs is dismal. It's really terrible. And so people are saying, well, what maybe in the first five or ten years, they thought, well, this is pretty exciting. We're going to get somewhere. Oh, yeah, there's there's been some setbacks. But... Sooner or later, the reign of virtue will arrive, and then we'll all be taller, stronger, and better looking. And now people are thinking, wait a minute, this just stinks and we're stuck. And so there's this, the extent of the discontent, sure, they can, they can keep the outside world from seeing a lot of the images. But there's a, there's a very, you know, it's, it's not just a political crisis there. It really is a civil, civilizational crisis. The Islamists took over in Iran before they took over really anywhere else that anybody ever heard of. And they've had 40 years to show us that they can do it, and they can't. And again, this is one of the things that is very dangerous in this world. Like what, what led to World War One is a regime that is optimistic about the short run, thinks its enemies are weak, disorganized, and stupid, but is very worried about what's going to happen in the next decade or two. And so, and I think the thing about Donald Trump, although he's not a strategic thinker, to put it mildly. And as you know, I have pretty low regard for Donald Trump. But he does have some good instincts, including if he's challenged, he'll fight. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a great line from James Garfield, of all people. I just read a fascinating bio- book about Garfield's assassination. But he once said, I deprecate war, but if it is brought to my door, the bearer will find me at home. And so, you know, with Trump, he will fight. Um, and this is, uh, this is actually is a very good thing. It's one of his best qualities. Um, and it's one of the things the Democrats don't seem to understand why the American, one reason people like Donald Trump, one reason Americans vote for him is that he doesn't like to see people running down the United States, burning its flag and kicking dirt in its face. Um, 
And so uh, the Iranians are up against a president who's not going to roll over. And although he may not be, you know, the, the grand master of geopolitics, when you've got the United States military, you don't have to be as smart as the other guy because you've got three extra queens and three extra rooks. Right. But, you know, he's not necessarily going to ignore the red line, as the last administration did, kept moving it back and back. But I mean, he's on Twitter pretty much staying, telling Iran they will be held fully responsible. Um, and if any damage is incurred by the facilities, they say they will pay a very big price. This is not a warning. It is a threat. Happy New Year. And he just sent that to the Khomeini um, Ayatollah, the Ayatollah Khomeini Jr., I guess, uh, is the is the one that I got that, t- that tweet. But the bottom line is, he's you know his critics will say that the his Iran- Iranian policy is just not working. I, I don't know if that's true because, you know, the bottom line is the the deal brokered by the Obama administration was abysmal. Um, so who's to say this isn't working? The sanctions are clearly hurting the Ayatollahs. Yeah, and, and this thing, what it's not working. Well, what did you think it was going to do? Uh, and if, if, yeah, if Barack Obama had gone over there and the Mullahs had embraced him and said, wow, you know what, we should have liberal democracy, we should have gay rights, we're total idiots to be building nuclear weapons, and then Trump came along and picked a fight with them, and suddenly they were back building missiles, you could say, what a loser. But the Obama's policy wasn't working at all, and, and there's no guarantee that there was a button that any American president could push that would turn Iran into Ohio. It's just one of those things you can't really do. But he does, he does sort of seem to have them on their heels. And, and part of the reason why, you know, I don't pay much attention to Trump's tweets because I don't believe a word he says about anything. Mm-hmm. But they can't be sure he doesn't mean it any more than they can be sure anyone can be sure that he does mean it. And that is very useful because they're operating in a real fog. They have some idea what the United States can do. Though probably not as accurate at one, and they maybe have some idea what Israel can do because Israel's, you know, <laughs> they would like to take out the Iranian nuclear program too, um, and they could they pretty no easily. Idea. Yeah. Well, you think so? I mean, again, Iran has some good engineers, right? Even even idiotic regimes have intelligent people working for them. The, the targets are probably hardened, but at the same time, um, yeah, they they don't know what America or Israel will do, but they know what they can do, or at mm-hmm. least they have some idea. And, you know, there are probably people in the Iranian government saying, no, no, Allah would not let that happen. I mean, there are probably people in the Iranian government who sincerely think if the United States or Israel were to fire a nuclear weapon at an Iranian military installation, Allah would snuff it out like you do a candle with your fingers. (laughs) Just as I suspect there are people in the Saudi royal family who think that God would not let an atomic bomb hit Mecca. And you have, again, when you talk about is the policy working, you have to think about the mindset of the people that you're dealing with, what they want, how they think the world works, the extent to which they could be made to respond to incentives. And again, one great thing about the Soviets is that they were atheists, so they thought if we all died in a nuclear war, it was bad. But you've got plenty of people in the Iranian government who think if, if we were to bring the entire world to an end in a massive conflagration, Allah would high-five us on our arrival in paradise. So let's see if we can't make that happen. And it's pretty difficult to deter people like that. Yeah, origins um, for all. Not so but sure. at the same time, yeah, you, you, you want to, you know, keep your powder dry and think about, because one of the things that years ago in the McKenzie Institute pointed out, that you could attack Iran's water infrastructure in order to bring home to the populace that the government had to go. So there are, there are less drastic things that could be done that the United States has the munitions and capability and intelligence to do if Iran gets sufficiently far out of hand. But again, the big problem is how you deter people who really would like if we all died. Yeah. Um, and that's not the easiest thing to do. No, so stay tuned. John, always appreciate it. 
And I thank even you. Even on this topic. <laughs> even on this topic. Thank you. That is uh, John well, Robson. Knows a lot about this. Not to mention has a great sense of humor about uh, the humorless situation of Iran. So let's stay tuned to that and see what happens in 2020. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 